Hello everybody, welcome to Fastscape Rewatch episode 15. I am Kamwa Hats and joining me is Red Nightmare. Woo! Yeah, and yep, yeah, episode 15, and the title of this one is called, well it's kind of a big spoiler, but it's uh, it's in the title, it's Durka Returns. One of those moments where we know that they were just, they've just kept using the working titles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... It does kind of give things away. But yes, so you can figure out, you know, who's going to show up in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does show up, like, in the first two minutes. Yeah, so... exactly. So there, there isn't really much of a, like, a, I don't know, a played-out plot or anything. No. It's like, oh, hey, what's up? How how are you doing? It's not that bad. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, we've just, if you remember, we've just come off uh, Jeremiah Crichton we had last week, which was not a not a good episode. No, that wasn't great. So uh, hopefully this one will be better and... Spoilers it is! Yeah! <laughs> Good. <laughs> Alright, so let's kick things off and we start off with uh, something that's becoming something of a recurring theme in that Moya is having uh, trouble starbursting. Yeah. Basically there's a bit of turbulence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, you will be experiencing minor starburst turbulence. Uh, we hope gravity doesn't uh, give out this time. That's it. Yeah. yeah, and they come out of Starburst with a bit of a shake, and like, oh no! Actually, Pro- I want to point on. something out. One of the very first shots we see is of uh, Rigel's amulet that oh, usually yeah. ha- hangs around his neck, which is a very beautiful minor touch here. It's the amulet that Dirk stole from him, and that he got back oh, on yeah. the Sylvanian. Ah, very, very nice. minor, but very I really nice. like that. Just, it's a light touch. I, yeah, I, it's also not contrived because I think Rigel is in bed at this point. Like yeah. he's he's got like his pajamas on or whatever. Yeah, it's it's logical that he's not wearing it right now. Yeah, which is nice. Um, but yeah, like everyone else is running around the ship and doing the old side to side, like whoa, no, <laughs> the ship is shaking. Um, so they they come out of Starburst right in the path of another ship. Oops. Because uh, Moya's sensors are also not working properly, so the, she didn't see it coming. And then they collide with the ship. It's basically, it bounces off Moya, because it's a far smaller ship. Yeah, and they're like, okay, is Moya okay? No, Moya's fine. And Zan and Crichton are in command at this point. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, let's, should we just, you know, keep going? And then <laughs> Pilot and Moya are like, we're bringing the ship aboard. And it's like, is that a good idea? <laughs> We don't know who these people are. We haven't had the best experience with visitors. I like that John's like, isn't there anything we can... And just pilot cuts him off, no. <laughs> like, a deadpan, no. Yeah. Like, this is not a discussion, we are just doing this. Sorry. Yeah, because pilot and Moya's like, yeah, that's that's our bad. We done goofed. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, ha- we'll help these people, because this is entirely uh, our fault. Yeah, I, I like that about the Moya and the pilot. Yeah, and so they bring the ship on board. And it, it's long and thin, with a, like a round end and three fins coming off from that. Yeah. I mean, it looks a bit like... Uh, I just happened to be watching uh, Movie Bob's Really That Good yesterday. Mm. It's a bit like the claws from Dr. Octopus. Oh, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man, only between the three grapple bits, there's, uh, there's a thick center of the ship. And yeah. Those three things extend from the back forward. Yeah, it's quite a nice design. Um, and so some people come out of it. Well, a person comes out of it. And um, astute viewers will already know who this is. Mm-hmm. He has an eye patch over one eye. He's a Sebastian 
man and has long white hair and yeah he's he's saying you know everything's everything's fine don't worry the massive energy weapon that you detected on board our ship is powered down because <laughs> <laughs> like Zan runs in saying we found a big weapon that is like, it's, it's, you know it's, don't worry it's powered down it's powered We're not down. doing anything <laughs> and then Rachel just arrives on the scene half sleepy hasn't even really looked at the person <laughs> and then that person's like uh, well if you don't mind I will uh, tell my my um, companions that it's safe to come out and Rigel recognizes the voice and just look of sheer terror on his face like oh no what <laughs> you were dead yeah I saw your corpse yeah because he, he recognizes him as Durka and which episode was it? it was PK Tech Girl, yeah. where um, we saw what we thought was Durka's corpse with the scar, like it was the wizened, like zombified, well, like mummified corpse, which had a scar over one eye, and it a gun it, in his hand. Yeah, and it made it look like he'd taken his own life. So, what what the hell's going on here? <laughs> How is this man alive? And Rachel basically also attacks him, like. Yeah. He spits in his face, he tries to bite him in the neck, and John has a lot of trouble holding him back. Like, Yeah. Cause, uh, this, way off base, this can't be Durka. You, you found his corpse. And even if it wasn't his corpse, he should have been dead like 50 years ago from old age. Yeah, exactly, because on the Zelbinian was like 100 cycles ago, they say. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the rest of the crew aren't, aren't buying it, because of the reasons, <laughs> those reasons. But the, the other thing is that the man who you know looks like Durka is, seems to be very relaxed and um, zoned out. Except for the moment Rigel growls at him. Yeah, then he's like... At that point, there, there's, there's a look of malice in his eyes, and I'm like, oh, we might have to come back to that later. Yeah, but actually, the man says, no, 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 Rigel is right. I am Durka. Dun, dun, dun. Titles. <laughs> Like, you always want to go to titles on the dramatic beat, I, I yes, feel. Yes, and that was perfect timing for that. <laughs> and, I, and when I was watching this, um, like like we said um, a minute ago, it's like, I, I was just watching it and thinking, oh, okay, I was, so we're just going to get right down to it then, all right, yeah, sure, okay. yep, okay, yeah, here he is, he's yeah, nice. <laughs> you know, no messing about saying, no, Durka, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and it's like, nope, that's Durka. Oh, okay then. All right, okay, sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> and so we come back from Titles and Rigel is still, still trying to attack Durka, and then Aaron is asking, like, how come you're not dead of old age because of you know, how long ago it was? And then some more people step out, or another person steps out rather, who is called Salis, and he's an alien. He's not Sebation, he is Nabari, mm -hmm. who are a new species we haven't seen before. No, and he looks... He's... Just as Zan, he's completely covered in makeup, but yeah. in a far more pale he's, blue, more grayish even. Well, almost, yeah. so here's the thing, like, the Nabari are gray. This yeah. is actually a bit behind the scenes, but the reason they're blue is simply just because of the way the stage light or the set lighting works their, oh. their makeup is actually entirely gray oh cool so it's just the lighting and like the color balance of the shot that makes them look slightly blue i like i like the hint of blue there yeah personally but yeah you, you would have to have a very neutral uh lighting for it to actually look gray and because it's not like that you know they actually look a little bit blue mm. and he comes out and he's, he's wearing sort of like plain dark 
robes with like mm-hmm. some grey shoulder parts and he's very also similar to Dirk he's very sort of hello I am he's very hello mellow and like yeah he says uh, Dirk don't worry don't worry about Dirk he's fine he's incapable of harm now yeah. he's been corrected so, okay, we all know where this is going, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, I see. I know this trope. Yeah, he's been kind of mind-wiped. I don't know. They yeah, they explain I, it a bit more later. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to in the end. But uh, Salvis says that the ship they're in, they're due to rendezvous with another ship in this quadrant, and until then they'll need food and quarters. Yeah. That's fair enough. Then Durka asks, are there any containment cells? Because they're actually transporting a dangerous criminal. And, well, Moya used to be a prison ship. Anyway. Oh, well, isn't that useful? <laughs> <laughs> and I also like that at some point, Rigel leaves and he's like, I hope he doesn't end up being in trouble. He seems to be holding a grudge. It's like, yeah, it tends to happen if you torture people. And I like that Salas at that point, like, well, you would know about that being a sedation. No, no, I'm human. I'm like, Damn it, John! Stop telling everybody you're special. This this can only get you into trouble. There's that, but I think he also doesn't want to be associated with being Sebastian and being a peacekeeper. Okay, okay, actually, fair point. He's like, no, I'm not a peacekeeper. I keep telling you, I'm, uh, I'm uh, actually, I'm human. You've probably never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, very underground right now. <laughs> but yeah, they're transporting a dangerous criminal, and it ah, uh, it's a female Nabari, and. If, Hi, Chiana. And it's Chiana. Hello. Chiana. Sorry. Yeah, and it's Chiana. And yeah, because this is a rewatch podcast, I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, it's I, Chiana. I, I do enough up? to be like, oh, oh, this is a relevant episode. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, yeah, we see Chiana, who is played by uh, actress Gigi Edgeley. And uh, she's, she's chewing the scenery in this one. <laughs> Holy she, crap, she's a good actress. Oh, yeah, like, really going ham on, on all the uh, acting and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is in stark contrast to Salis, actually, who's very just boring. <laughs> he's, he's just like, I have no emotion in my voice. Yeah, he very, very level level voice. No defining characteristics uh, aside from, uh, well, yeah, the two weird... Oh yeah, head. He two like, metal pieces on his forehead. Yeah, metal circles on his temple. Yeah, on his his right temple. Yes, his right temple. Yeah, um, and so uh, Chiana has her hands tied behind her back, and she has a collar around her neck as well. And they take and put her in a cell, and John's there, you know, putting her in. And he he asks Salis like, okay, what crime did she commit? And Salis says that oh, nothing you should concern yourself with, which is already a bad sign. I mean, my my reaction would have been like, look, if you're gonna put us uh, put her in one of our cells, I'd, I'd like at least to know why we're putting her in one of our yeah. cells. Also, thank no- you very much. Also, nobody good has ever said, "Don't worry about what this person is imprisoned for." <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> like, uh, obviously, we know who's gonna come out of this on top, but. It's really weird that he's like, no, I'm not going to tell you what she's in prison for. Yep. You know, I'm I'm going to give off I'm sort of a bad guy vibe. I Very am early. evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Dargo shows Durka and Salis to their quarters, and they're asking you know, how long until the ship gets repaired, and the DRDs are working on it, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. 
Then Chiana starts begging for Crichton's help. She wants... Yeah. Because she says, you know, you wouldn't consider what I did a crime. I want amnesty and... And I like that Salas is like, no, but we did. We do. Mm. He, he seems to be going for the, um, sort of like the Prime Directive kind of thing of like, you know, this isn't your jurisdiction, you know, this yeah. is our crime, you know, don't put your values on us. Yeah, exactly. And then he touches two fingers to his uh, temple I mean, then, and, and, and then Chiana collapses in pain. And that's the point where John's like, okay, maybe I, because he, he keeps doing that a little bit too long for John's liking. Yeah, it's like maybe maybe it is actually relevant what she's in for, and you know, does the punishment fit the crime? And exactly, and you know, what are you up to here? We get a further twist on how well on how the Nabari operate because Zan is talking with Salis and trying to figure out like how come Durka is well a alive and b how is he peaceful and not an evil torturing uh, peacekeeper anymore? Yeah. And they said they eliminated the evil parts of his mind they caught with a process called mental cleansing. Yeah. And to do that, they have to put the subject in cryo- cryogenic suspension. So that's yeah, why he's. It usually not- takes about 100 cycles, so. That's yeah. why he's about as old as he was when the Sylvanian fell. Mm hmm. And it's just like, oh, oh, okay, so you went into his mind and just messed around in there. Yeah. I like that Zan then asks of and like oh, how how do how do the subjects experience this and then Salas responds with he didn't mind ask him like answer the fucking question Salas yeah that's the thing <laughs> that it's was like, not the question yeah the people who have it done to them appreciate it yeah at Be- the end yeah yeah and afterwards yeah <laughs> yeah of course they appreciate it afterwards because you've fucked with their heads so much that, that to make them you know ob- obedient and you know, fall in line. Of course they're going to appreciate it. Yeah, you build that in at the end, of course. That's that's called brainwashing. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, we would have saved everyone on the Zelbinian, but the crew refused to surrender. Like, well, that does that does sound like something peacekeepers would do. Yeah, but Durka did. Yeah, apparently. Huh. <laughs> then we have, a, there's actually an interesting thing here that Dargo says to Salis is like, so uh, you you clearly you defeated the Zelbinian, that's the reason the, the Zelbinian is floating in space as they found it mm-hmm. how, many, uh, how many warships did that take? Oh, we, do, we don't have warships we No, it's just one of our standard vessels engaged it Yeah, he says one of the standard host vessels like the one coming for them now Yeah, I'm like, one holy crap, are these people the culture? That's what I thought as well. It's like they're kind of, uh, they're kind of like the flip side of the culture because the culture has the exact opposite approach to behavior. They're like, do what you want. Oh. We don't really care. For the people who don't know, we're talking about the culture uh, uh, race. Well, the culture, uh, yeah, specific- culture, culture from the I and M Banks uh, series of books. E and M Banks, yeah. From- e and M Banks, sorry. Yeah, from the culture uh, novels. Yeah, basically they have the. The culture do have warships, but also their regular ships can just fuck you up very easily. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But whereas uh, the culture is all about freedom of expression and, you know, there aren't really many laws and rules, the mm. Nabari seem to be just very much, no, you must conform, you must conform, obey, conform, obey. Yeah. They're, they're literally painted grey. Like... <laughs> I have no strong opinions one way or the other. Uh, what makes a man turn neutral kiff? 
lust for power or a hard horn with a heart full of neutrality? Sir, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I mean, they're not really neutral. They have their own set of view, views and rules on, on the yeah. world, which they impose very heavily on everyone. Yep, as we find out later. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think this is the scene where we have Rigel is uh, in his quarters. We got to Rigel in his quarters. Sh- you know, he's got a little night. He's got a shiv, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, it's you know, very clear that he's gonna, he's planning to go, you know, shiv Durka between the ribs with it. Um, uh-huh. And Aaron sees this and is like, don't, 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 no, 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 no. Don't keep chasing this childish vendetta. And I'm like, excuse me. Childish Vendetta. He was tortured for several cycles, probably several dozen cycles. Yeah. Don't don't you lecture me on this, Aaron. And like we've only just like met Durker again. Like you don't know what's going on here. It's not a childish Vendetta. Get out. I mean, I. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, oh, put it away, put it away. And so you know, she takes the knife off him, but. Rigel is still like, and Aaron goes to see Durka, and she's—I don't know—it's weird because she's fangirling over. She is, which is a little bit odd. I guess it makes sense because you know she was taught all about him at Peacekeeper School, and that he was a legend. And it'd probably be something like if I ever met Sun Tzu. Yeah, maybe something like that. Although Rigel says something to Aaron, which is that. He can't be all that great because, from the looks of things, he faked his own death. And ran. And ran away. And so, uh, this is actually in the scene before where they're in Rigel's yeah. quarters. And Aaron doesn't really believe him. He's like, no, no, they're, they're Durka wouldn't do that. He's, you know, peacekeeper legend. And mm-hmm. and then she goes and talks to him. And he's actually very self-effacing. He's like, I'm not a legend. I'm ashamed of what I did. I, you know, don't take pleasure in it. And I did actually run away and fake my death. It's like, and Aaron is clearly distraught at this. Your legend just fell off his off his pedestal hard, and I like that Dirk is like, I've done far worse in my time. Yeah, hey, never meet your heroes. Yeah, <laughs> just a picture, as Troy <laughs> Troy Parton said. Just a picture. <laughs> Sad phrases to love me. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Durker is still acting kind of odd. He's like, the Nabari showed me a better way, and I have, I'm much better now. Everything, Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Why is it going? <laughs> and we go back to Chiana, who's obviously still in her cell, and Crichton's brought her some food cubes, which he's mm-hmm. basically... She still has her hands tied behind her back, and he's feeding her them through the... Not really the bars, but through the holes in the, in the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... He's basically trying to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Why are they worried about you? Because they've got you restrained and have this collar on you. You know, if you were just a normal prisoner, you know, they would probably probably just have your hands tied or something. And she says she doesn't respect authority. And she stole food when she was hungry, stowed away, defended herself when necessary. Yeah, and, and basically she, she, I think she just did what she wanted to do, not what they wanted her to do. Yeah, which, you know, that seems like it would be a big deal to people with as much of a stick up their ass as the Nabari. <laughs> yep. It's a little bit tropey, but it's actually fine because it's not dwelled on too much because 
it is like she's the free spirit in the oppressive regime. Yes. Basically, she's come out of a, um, what's the word, like a teen sci-fi novel. <laughs> dystopia. <laughs> yeah, dystopia, that's the word. Yeah, like <laughs> sci-fi dystopia kind of thing. She came straight out of The Giver or something. Yeah, something like that, exactly. By the way, shout out to Fight the Future podcast. If you want to uh, hear uh, some very knowledgeable people, <laughs> entertaining people talk about those kind of things, you can find that on learningreadyrun.com. Just give a quick shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because... why not? But yeah, she she does feel it does feel like she's leapt right out of one of those um, novels or films or whatever. I mean, it works fine. As yeah, it works as, fine. It works fine. Sometimes these tropes are just perfect for what you want to do, and in yeah. this case, I think it works perfectly. Oh yeah, it does. I just recognize it as like that. That sounds very similar to something like that. <laughs> but yeah, among her people, you know, you conform, you do what, but you don't do what she did, and that's why she has the collar. And when they get back to Nabari Prime or whatever. It, it is she'll undergo mental cleansing and uh, they think they're doing you a favor but she'd rather be dead yeah she gets really upset about that actually well yeah starts kicking the door and just throwing a fit because it's you know it's basically kind of like losing your identity to an extent it reminds me of one of the things that i always come back to and that uh, especially mass effect 2 asked me about which is would you rather die free or live a life that is not your own. Mm, yeah. And uh, Chiana would much rather die free, so... Even better, with, not with a mind your own. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it, it's, it's interesting, because as a ship of escaped criminals, I think, every, you know, certainly Crichton um, seems to understand Chiana. He understands her argument from the looks of things, but still doesn't really trust her. No. <laughs> He's like, uh, you know, I, I, can, I can understand that, but... I'm not about to trust you straight away. Exactly. Which is smart. So he goes to talk to Durker about the cleansing and all that stuff. Yeah, I think as Jenna's throwing a fit, he goes into her cell and calm her down. And I think that scene is relevant later on. Oh, right, yeah, because... I think she, she, she manages to grab something from him by the looks of her face. Yeah, right, because... Um, I think she says like he's feeding her through the door, and she's like, "This is ridiculous. I'm not going to eat this way." And then, and then she actually starts, yeah, freaking out, and she's and yeah, John goes in to calm her down. I'm like, Come on, John, you know how this works. I was, ex- I'll be honest, I was expecting her to actually escape. Then, mm-hmm. I was expecting her to, you know, like somehow knock John to the ground and then run. Like I was expecting that to be a ploy. So I was a little bit surprised that it wasn't. But it seems like it might have been a longer term thing. But then that's when uh, then Crichton goes to talk to Durka about the cleansing and you know how does it work and how does and then and then a thing happens. I also like an analogy he puts here because John's like, isn't that like just wiping your mind? How is that not brain mind control brainwashing? Mm, yeah, uh, not really uh, or painful. And he says, well, it's like the comparison between a knife attack and surgery, hmm. which I'm like. Okay, I get that. Both are both use the same tool, but the outcome is different. Yeah, and I mean, usually for surgery you have anesthetic, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't cryostasis. Yeah, exactly. That so might have been anesthetic. I would assume so. And then Samus turns up. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's crap. You're right. That's what I thought. I was like, there's a ball rolling a- along the ground that, for all the world, looks like Samus's morph ball. Like yeah, it has the two just... hemispheres that are slightly separated. Yeah, and they're bo- and they're just uh, they are pale metal, but yeah. <laughs> Except that what it actually is is a bomb. 
Yes, it's a bomb that lands close to John and uh, Durka. And I like that this sentence I just mentioned is right before John jumps on him uh, to uh, Durka to get him away from the bomb. Get down, Mr. President. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, so that happened. And, I mean, I think we know who... We can probably figure out who sent that. There's, There's two suspects, and one of them arrives at the scene just as the bomb has gone off. So we can pretty conclusively say that was Rigel. Yeah. Um, Fun fact, by the way, a bit behind the scenes here, that bomb that uh, Rigel set off, or the the special effect for that, it actually did burn Ben Browder for real. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Because of the way the shot was framed, I think. Like, he was actually obscured by flame, and he was, like, kind of smoking from <laughs> from his rear. Like, basically, it caught him right on the back. I think Ben Browder said, like, he said it was worth it because at least he could give a real look of fear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even know if they used a shot for that one. <laughs> look of fear. Yeah, but it, it was just like, apparently it did. I don't, I mean, the, that's not the sort of shot you can you do twice if you can help it. No, that is true. Um, but... I think that it apparently did actually burn him. But it's like, no, it's fine. Worth it. Uh, Worth it. <laughs> props to Ben Browder on that. Yeah, well done. But yes, it was it was Rigel. He he turns up and Crichton just... Uh, this is the thing. is like Rigel hovers in, like hovering over Durka. Yeah. And he thinks like, looking down at him with disgust. And then Durka just reaches out and starts choking him. Yeah, and with the most... I mean, an eye full of hate. Yeah. One that we see. And like we said earlier that Chiano, or Gigi Agilias, Chiano does a great job in this episode, but so does David Wheeler, is the actor who plays Durka, and yeah. he he does a fantastic job as well. When I, he... I love Durka as a bad guy. Yeah, and this is when we start to see him as a bad guy, because he's like, choking him out, and mm-hmm. I think he... He, pass he passes out, out quickly yeah, he... after, because he just has, doesn't have the energy. Yeah, and then Crichton comes to... And then start strangling Rigel. <laughs> I was, was going to say, they both have the exact same response to Rigel. <laughs> like, it's not exactly Durka's... I, I would blame Durka for choking out Rigel because it's also Crichton's first response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rigel... Like, what the... I mean, I understand, like, you want to kill Durka, but, like, a bomb. Like... In, well, John's in the room. Well, John's in the room inside Moya. Like, you're hurting... Like, his initial plan was just to stab him, which wouldn't have hurt anyone else. But a bomb? Seriously? Um, then we find out, like, right, Dargo is going through, like, the bomb components. He's like, yeah, he ac- Rigel actually messed this up. Like, if he would got the, the mixture right, there would be a much, much larger hole. And I think uh, he says to John, it's like, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah. And John's, John's actually, at this point... Choking down Rigel and being like, I'm completely prepared to throw him off the ship right now. Like, yeah. Especially after being bombed by him, I can imagine him being like, okay, open the airlock, he's going out. Listen, after everything Rigel has done, it's not entirely surprising. No. The others bring him to reason, and Dargo's like, okay, screw this. I like that Durka now gets up and he's like, look, he's clearly upset by my appearance. I will confine myself to locations that don't involve him and and Dargo's like no 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 he's going in a cell <laughs> yeah we know we have a procedure for like this isn't the first time Rigel get in the get in your room go to your room 
<laughs> Go to your room, young man. <laughs> I think they actually tie him up in his cell, don't they? Or in yes. his room, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that that seems wise. Oh, also, Salas is, uh, is talking to Zan, and he says that when the other ship gets here, we want Rigel turned over to us. And Zan's like, to hell you don't. You're yeah, not getting him. Because Salas says, you know, he has flaws in his character that we can correct. And Zan is, uh, this whole time, Zan has been very uncomfortable with the thought of um, the mental cleansing. In fact, at some point, um, Salas says, you know, you have... Uh, Parts in of this your, scene, actually, yeah, parts yeah. of yourself that could benefit from mental cleanse, and she's just like, "The fuck do you just say?" I mean, she just gives him a look. Yeah, like, say that again, I'll choke you out. She's and the only thing he says in response is, "My point exactly." Yeah, she's very disturbed by the notion of mental cleansing, and even even towards Rigel, and she says, "Like for all his faults, you know, he doesn't deserve that." No, I'm actually surprised by this because I would have expected Zan of all people to be the one who is for this because she also has a dark side. She suppresses. She pushes away. Hmm. I would have expected her to be like, can you just take that out completely? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think... This also might be because she has, she has been in contact with that side of her recently and she, she might be like, okay, I know mm. how I know this side of me I, I, she's also letting it out a bit more I feel yeah she's been a bit more self-serving or more uh, harsh than normal because mm. the, the exam we meet at the start of the series would have without a question ha uh, pulled that ship aboard she wouldn't have questioned if they should have helped them or not yeah yeah it's interesting yeah so she seems to be more in touch with that side of her and so yeah probably less less willing to have it excised completely mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's it. I think what Zen seems to be approaching is like a, a the kind of a, the kind of approach where to not just pretend it doesn't exist, to accept it as part of you and deal, deal with, with it, it that way. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it it does show it does actually show a change from like you said from Zan earlier on in the in the series already. And so um, this is when Chiana actually manages to escape. Not um, before uh, Salas visits her after the oh, bombing. Yeah. This right. scene is very important. Oh, right, right. I have, I have things a little bit mixed up. Go ahead. <laughs> Salas goes to her and he's like, a bomb going off, and my first thought was you. But he sees that currently she's just clearly locked up. Her, her shackles are still tight. Her collar is still on. and she, mm -hmm. she couldn't have done it. And they have a discussion about how she went out, she traveled, she did her own things. Yeah. And she's like, wouldn't you want to do that? And Salas is like, I already traveled, but... I, at your age, I was trying to fit in instead of stand out. And I'm like, as a Magic player, this is basically black and white arguing with each other. <laughs> I like, guess Salas it is, is it... white here and Chiana's black. Yeah, I guess it is. Freedom of spirit uh, on Chiana's side and the, the desire for order on uh, Salas's side. Hmm. The, the needs of the many, the needs of the few, or the needs of the individual. I, I mean, not to digress entirely into magic color pie talk in a <laughs> the Fastgate podcast, but um, I know Chana seems a little bit red actually with that kind of free spirit. Yeah, also true. Yeah, she's more like a Chandra than a Liliana. Okay, well, that, that although that a little bit of both, really. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll leave that at the <laughs> Like I said, let's not get too far into that. But Another like... thing he she says, and this actually I was like, pardon. Because she's talking, she's basically flirting with him. Yeah. A bit. And she says, 
I can see it in your eyes. You want to rub your hands around me again. Mm. It's the mention of again that triggered me. Yeah, like, like excuse wait, what? me, what has he been doing? What is their history? Has he been improper with her during her capture? Yeah, maybe he has. Uh, I mean, do they have? Uh, do, they, do they have a history outside of that? I don't know. We don't. We don't find out. But yeah, that's that's implied one way or the other. It's like, oh, okay. Nice little detail. It's just one word and never mentioned again, but it opens up a whole can of worms. Well, it does a great job of setting up like of of implying a huge a lot of you know backstory and giving them both more character. Mm -hmm. Just that little interaction and and he and she's kind of like looking at him like alluringly, and then he just like boop touches the things yeah. on his forehead, and he's like, okay. down I go. The way we make it sound, it's, it's a lot more painful than it, that. It's actually, it's, she looks to be in, yeah, a lot of pain. She's screaming. Oh, God, yeah, it, it looks really horrible. And, like, Salas is just looking on with blank expression on his face. Just like, hmm. Uh, and so, <laughs> in a, later, a bit later on, after the bomb has gone off and all the other stuff, um, after, after a bit more time, Chana does actually manage to escape. Yes. Um, because she has some implements, I think, from like... I think it was like the food cube tray or... Yeah, Yeah. she unlocks her arms and then she's using the food cube tray as a mirror to... So she can work on the collar. Yeah. It's actually... I think a fork or something. Yeah, exactly. And um, manages to pop the collar off, which... It's basically got red lights on it and when it pops off it goes green. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes a noise and I was like, was that the alarm going off? I mean, probably. Apparently it wasn't. <laughs> and so she makes her way to Rigel's quarters hacks the door and gets in and Rigel is tied up and she kind of like gets onto Rigel's bed and is sort of straddling over him like the tiny little frog man tied up <laughs> and he wants to be free to kill Durka he wants to be released basically yeah and she wants to get off the ship so we can work something out maybe mm -hmm. also at this point she's lost the black cloak she was wearing yes and we see that her she is uh I mean Pants and uh, I mean, it seems like a unitard, maybe even. Uh, there is like a there is like a gap between. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. So she's wearing a long sleeve top and pants and some fur on her shoulders, I think. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's a really actually, interesting outfit. Yeah, actually, let's just take one quick moment here to talk about like Chiana's design because we've said like the Nabari have you know gray skin and darker gray lips and uh, Salis has black hair. Chiana has white hair or silver hair rather yeah that's, white that streaks in there it's relatively short cropped and in fact her design is very reminiscent deliberately i think i'm right in saying of uh if anyone's seen blade runner uh pris from blade runner who is one of the replicants it's the pale skin the white or gray makeup the short cropped hair that's sort of silvery it's, it's also very it's it's all over the place. It hangs over her eyes half the time, which also yeah. like, she rarely see on TV because you want to see the character's eyes. But she, the actress, is getting away with a lot without actually having to show her eyes. Mm. And Pris, as a character, is actually very uh, I think I guess the right word is very sexual, mm -hmm. and which kind of is also Chiana's thing as well. Yes. She seems I think to... sensual would be the better. Yeah, word that's probably a better way of putting it. Yeah, it's. You know, as as with most of these things, it's a bit of both. It's kind of we start to see that a bit more because we saw her kind of looking at uh, Salis and trying to be like, "Hey, you, do you want to again?" And this time she's kind of straddled over Rigel, even though Rigel is a tiny frogman. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, like it, it, her design is very much reminiscent of Pris from Blade Runner, and mm-hmm. uh, and it really works. Uh, uh, it really complements the acting of the uh, of the actress. Yes, it definitely I does. Think. So yeah, she's trying to make well, Rydell's trying to make a case for himself, basically. Yeah, <laughs> she's uh, like, convince me. Mm. Yeah, convince me to let you go, and she's like, I could give you the door code. She's like, I can just hack the doors. And so he eventually says, well, I can create a diversion because they're going to want to chase me and then you can get to the uh, shuttle or whatever and get out of there. And she's like, oh, you know, this sounds good. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And so she unties him. And as soon as she unties his hands, he just grabs his car and is like, Jonas escaped. She's in my room. <laughs> and she puts the pillow back over his face. Basically proving that you should never, ever trust uh, I'm actually Rachel. surprised he did that because I would have I would have thought him being like, look, th- I can actually get something out of this alliance, so let's just do this. I guess he thought working with Chiana wasn't a long term solution. Yeah, maybe would get um, him into more trouble at the end. Yeah, and he doesn't want to work with any of the Nabari from the sounds of things. Or that might or... also be the case. He might also just be incredibly no. racist. <laughs> I mean, from the looks of things, that they took in Durka, which doesn't look good for him. Fair. Mm, sure. Anyway, so everyone is now out looking for Chiana. Durka goes to Eren and, you know, he says, that, you know, Chiana's capable of anything. So well, she didn't kill Rigel. Yeah. So, like, we're, we're told, I mean, a lot of it is inferred, like, we're told by the Nabari and by Durka that Chiana is dangerous and she's capable of anything. We've seen her escape from her cell, but beyond that, not really. I mean, she could have easily just smothered Rigel being done with it, that would have probably been faster than tying him up again, throwing him in a corner and rags over his face. I mean... Yeah, exactly. And th- in this case, he could actually tell the others what she was planning, so... Yeah. Then we cut to a scene of uh, Salis in one of the corridors, and Salis is dead. Yeah! He's, he's been, been uh, stabbed. He's been stabbed, and there's blood coming from his corpse. It's blue, actually. The, mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Nabari be bleed blue. So that, there you go, that's fun. Which is, it's very deliberately like set up after, like, Chiano is capable of anything. Oh, look, Salas is dead. <laughs> of course, everyone is going to, they're scouring the ship. Eren and Rigel go to command. And they see pilot, pilot comes over the comms and is like, Chiano's very good at staying hidden. Because yeah. I can't find her. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting that, you know, he can't find her with all of Moya's systems at his disposal. But She's that good. Yeah. Um, I mean, they couldn't find Crichton when he was hiding from Dargo either. So. That's true. That's true. And then Durka turns up and says, "Is Salis dead?" And they, yeah, yeah. And um, he's grieving. Yeah, he's he's very distressed by this. Distressed by the fact that Salis is dead from the looks of things. And uh, Aaron walks up to him and, ah, okay. So the episode <laughs> is called Durka Returns, and at the Guess ver- who's back. exactly because at the beginning of the episode. Oh, hey, Dirk is back. And like now it's like, no, Dirk is back. Like, <laughs> the actual Dirk is back. So he grabs Aaron's rifle, kicks Rigel in the face. Basically, he just goes to town on both of them. Yeah, and he slams Aaron to the floor. She tries to grab for her other gun, her uh, pistol. He kicks that out of, her, out of her hands and just knocks her out uh, yeah. with a punch to the face. Yep, and... Uh... Oh god, and and so uh, Crichton tries to contact Dargo. Durka, then Durka just basically has taken one of the control panels and is cutting all the wires or whatever. And he he's takes... doing it. He's doing a specific Dargo. Yes, and he takes control of the comms, and he's now tied up Rigel. 
and <laughs> it's he says that Rigel undid the mental cleansing. Yeah, ironically. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because I guess Rigel brought it all up again and reminded him so much of it and say, ah, I guess the mental cleansing isn't 100% effective then. So I'm actually curious um, at which point Rigel did that. Because my theory would be at the very beginning of the episode when he saw Rigel. Uh, what I think it was... The I bomb? Think, I, yeah, I think it was the bomb. Because immediately after that is when uh, he starts choking out Rigel. Mm -hmm. But the other part is that the, the look of disgust that he gives Rigel at the beginning made me think, wait, I think this started way earlier than, than the episode is letting on. Okay, how about this? It was there, but it was being suppressed by the mental cleansing... Until the bomb put him into like a state of shock, basically, and that triggered the resurgence. Okay, that I, I can live with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Meet at the middle. I appreciate yeah, exactly. doing business with you. <laughs> good, uh, good job. Well done, well done. <laughs> carry on, carry on. <laughs> and yeah, but now that Dirk is back, he's like a ruthlessly efficient peacekeeper, uh, psychopath, horrible, nasty person. And so now Eren has come too, and he's talking to her and says, you know, when the Nabari mental cleansing was working, he he did actually genuinely feel guilty. Like he wasn't faking this whole time. It was that. No. It was, it was. Or he was faking this part of the story. Yeah. Least, but yeah. It was the real deal, and he did feel guilty. But now he can't remember. He can't think of why. No. And then I I love this by the way. Like Aaron says, like you murdered Salis, didn't you? And she and uh, Durka is walking away from her at this point. Yeah. And then we cut to a close up of him like just turning his head and giving her a look which is a, a superb kind of like evil villain like evil villain look of like mm. yeah uh, but he so doesn't then, say yes or no no and then he just looks at Aaron and then just turns away again it's like oh alright that didn't tell us anything yeah because <laughs> it could it could have been it, you can interpret that look in two ways which I like and we'll see that at the end of the episode yeah and so he gets on the comms and says, I'm in complete control of Moya, and if you don't leave Moya, you will all die. Yeah. And, and Aaron provokes him again, saying, you murdered assassins. He just hits her. It's like, yeah, no, he's, he's not a nice man. Yeah, I, I mean, basically she says, uh, he, he's like, finally you can see a legend at work. She's like, no, I take that back. You're a fucking coward. <laughs> yeah, you're pathetic. And, you know, you're... Yeah. You ran, you faked your own death. And he's like, well, the, uh, the crew of the Selvinian is dead. I am not. Yeah. The needs of the one, etc., etc., etc. With everyone else, everyone is still, like, was still sort of in corridors looking for people, so they're slightly trapped uh, where they are. Kren is running along the corridor, and doors keep closing in front of him. For some reason, the shots of uh, John running in the corridor are in this weird kind of slow-mo. Yeah, and there's I also there's also why. later the point where um, he's I think it's he spots Chiana or something, but it, then suddenly the audio is muted for yeah. a large, large part. It's really weird. There's some really weird decisions on where I can't figure out why they're doing that. Yeah, that's... there's nothing special happening in those scenes. No. Usually, when something dramatic is going on in in this show in Farscape, like when they're running along a corridor, you will see the camera tilt from side to side, going from like Dutch fine. angle to Dutch angle. Like that's just like a whoa tension. It's, it's kind mostly of thing. to give an idea of how weird Moya is. Yeah, but the, like the slow mo is kind of odd, and it doesn't really do anything. It's, it's no. 
it doesn't enhance the scene at all. It's just like, this is weird. Were you under time by like a couple of minutes? I think <laughs> that was it, actually. <laughs> That's It's just a really odd choice, and it is actually more distracting than anything. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Zan has made it to Pilot's Den, and Pilot is... Just remind how huge Pilot is. Yeah, Pilot is massive. But Pilot says that he's basically being locked out because Durka anticipates all his countermeasures. He knows exactly which uh, wires to cut. And Durka manages to meet up with Crichton. You know, they're being locked out on the corridors. So he says, right, we'll go up a shaft then. And I like that as he, as he does that and he's going to taking the shaft to command, John calls after him, don't fall out of the ship again. <laughs> I love that. It's like, yes, continuity. That's enough. It's a nice little reference back. I'm like, yeah, please don't do that again. <laughs> actually, like I said, unlike the previous episode, whoever wrote this, like, I mean, it shows that they actually watched the previous episodes of the series. Yeah, they tie it into a lot of in, in my, a lot of minor ways into other episodes, and they really like that. Yeah, and so Dargo goes up a shaft, and Dirk is like, ah, I was wondering when somebody would try that, and just cuts him off and traps him in there and his uh, quarter blade like slides down away from him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this isn't this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> nope. So Crichton does actually manage to find Chiana in the cargo bay after lots of slow-mo running. Mhm. <laughs> Which is just uh, uh, it's really weird. Also, I mentioned Blade Runner earlier because of that's that's what you know, that's what Chiana's design looks a bit like. And it also came to mind again here when they go in, when John goes into the cargo bay, which is dark and there's lots of steam or smoke. And Chiana is apparently in the rafters with like blue light coming down through like a grating, which that that, that shot really also reminded me of Blade Runner. Mm. I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 I can see it. <laughs> and so. He's trying to convince her to come out, and everything's fine. Every, uh, yeah, we need your help. Yeah, Zorka's gone all Hannibal Lecter on us, which <laughs> I, I didn't get. I'm like, what, how is he going Hannibal Lecter on he, us? Uh, I don't know, evil psychopath. I I don't know. Uh, I mean, he hasn't seen him without the hair yet at this point. So right, because as when he comes back to being his normal self, he he takes a knife up to his very obvious wig and starts cutting and then we cut away and cut back and his and we are presented with a much uh, shaved Durka yeah which is the actor's actual hair uh, <laughs> shaved very short yeah though. by the way to Chiana's credit like he, he says like he's gone all Hannibal Lecter on us and he's like I don't know what that means but <laughs> that sounds fair I think we're basically we're doing that thing where we're cutting back and forth a lot Mm-hmm. And so we go to see Durka with Eren and Rigel, both of whom are tied up. And he's got like some kind of implement, and it's not—it looks like a spanner, like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it's buzzing and hissing, and he's sort of taking it over towards Eren, and says to Rigel, "Yeah, because actually he's—he tried to starburst Moya." Right. Yeah. And it didn't work. And now he's like, "Okay, score on for the underdogs. Um, Turn it back on." <laughs> Or otherwise, I will start killing the hostages. And they can't turn it back on because Moya is pregnant. She yeah. doesn't have the energy for both. And, well, guess what? She's not going to use the starburst. But they don't tell him that straight away. No. Which turns out to be a good idea. Yeah, so basically he, he's going to start sort of torturing Aaron with this implement. Because he says to Rigel's like, what do, you, you know, what do peacekeepers really hate? Intense heat. And it's like, it, so it's being heated up and he's going to 
put it right up against uh, Aaron's face. He's coming very close to her, and then Rigel starts goading him. Oh god, I they, these are my favorite lines in the entire episode. Yeah. Also, the look on Cla- on Claudia Black's uh, Aaron's face as he comes with that thing. I think this is the most terrified I've seen her. Yeah. In the entire series, she is legit scared. Yeah. I mean, like she's holding it back a bit, but it's very clearly there. Because, I mean, can you imagine if slow heat oh, causes yeah. the living death? How excruciating, sudden, and intense oh. heat must be. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad. Rigel goes into the best monologue of this episode because he's like, "You're pathetic, Durka. Seriously, you're a coward. You ran from your own. Pe- you ran uh, from your- from a fight. You faked your own death, and you didn't even succeed at torturing me. Yeah, you didn't never broke me. I just, I just got stronger. And Durka's like, "Oh, where this is coming from? I should have said this a long time ago." <laughs> And uh, he's basically going up with uh, uh, up to him and is like, I wanted to use you as a bargaining chip, but I wonder what your companions will say once I burn your face off. And he's like, I don't care. Try it. See what happens. Even if you do, I'll still be laughing at you because finally I've realized Durka is a failure. <laughs> oh. And it's working marvelously it's on pushing Durka. pushing all can, of his buttons. You yeah. can clearly see in his face these like, contemplating that Rigel's probably right. Yeah. By the way, something I don't think we've mentioned is that um, in the close-ups now of Durkin, like he doesn't have his eye patch anymore. No. He has the big scar down his uh, right eye, and his right eye is like silver, or like... Yeah, it's a metal-y metal kind of thing. thing. And so, like, when you get into the close-ups, like, it, it, it's a very disconcerting look, but he still is able to sell that expression of just, like, screw you! You're- <laughs> Right. <laughs> then this is when Rigel tells him that Moya is pregnant. Yeah, you idiot. You haven't even realized Moya's pregnant. So you're not going anywhere and you can say hello to the Nabari when they turn up. Let you rot for another hundred cycles. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm like, no, there is. There's one thing he can do. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know why you, didn't, you don't see this coming, uh, Rigel. There's one thing he can do. And, and he plans to. And that's the one thing he's going to go and do. He's going to kill Moya's baby. Yep. Oh, no. Meanwhile, back with Chana and Crichton in the cargo bay. Chana goes to attack Crichton, but he manages to basically, like, flip her over. I was going to say, you do. You have watched some wrestling. Some sort Can of you tell side- me what, what this was? I believe it's uh, some sort of sidewalk slam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's some kind of. Here. It's some kind of. It is like he just like it did look like a wrestling move, but I can't tell you which one it is. It's mm-hmm. just it body slams her to the ground, and not for the first time. Crichton is um, like straddled over a woman who has attacked him and is now on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming a pattern. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's because she's on the floor. He's like, holding her down. There's actually smoke or whatever it is, maybe like dry ice or something, along the floor, swirling around the floor, which actually mm. makes it a much more interesting shot because it's like, oh, she's like, Chiana is like halfway out of it. Yeah. Um, and I also like how the fan, the lighting from the fan up top is reflected in her eyes, making it look like it, uh, those are her pupils. Well, the thing with the Nabari is that they have black irises, like... Um, the actors have contacts which just make their entire mm-hmm. iris black, so they it, it kind of they look almost cartoon like sort of big, 
big eyes, completely black uh, around the irises, which is why like that you can see the reflection in the in the eyes more clearly. Mm-hmm. I like that. It was an interesting uh, effect. Yeah. So she says, you know, she's not used to trusting anyone, and he's like, you should probably start, you know, start trusting me. Um, yeah, because you're you need it right now. Yeah, and she's like, how how come uh, Durka broke the cleansing? That seems odd. Maybe I'd be better off on his side. You know, someone who can break the cleansing seems like a good uh, ally to have. He's like, John's like, I don't know. It's not my department. <laughs> yeah. ask, your, ask your mental engineers. Exactly. It's like, well, you're either with them, like with the crew of Moya, or on your own. It's like, ah, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the plan? It's like, you won't like it. Because I don't I like, like it. I like that he laughs and looks away, and she's like, oh, great, I got the guy. She says, oh, great, why do I always get the guy without the plan? Oh, no, no, no. I have a plan. <laughs> You're just not going to like it. Because I don't like it. And then he's just, he, this is actually kind of cute, where he's like, what? And she's, she's like, okay, what's the plan? And he just boops her on the nose with his face, like, bait. <laughs> <laughs> and she's laughing as well, as like, oh, great, yeah, I don't like it either. <laughs> And so uh, Durka is walking down a corridor. Basically, he's looking for Moya's baby. And at this point, he's dual wielding. He's got his. Yeah. He's got the um, whatever it is, the pulse rifle. Pulse rifle pulse thank pistol. you. And pulse pistol, one in each hand. And he's just sort of walking down the corridor, pointing them around. And Chiana jumps out. And is like, hey, you know, you. Where did you get your info on where the baby is? Um, From Moya. Hmm. They reconfigured the data. You're going the wrong way. Follow me. Uh, and she's just a very convincing one on this because she's like, how how much did they do to with your brain that it fried you that much? Like, yeah, you didn't see this one coming. <laughs> and so she leads him back to the uh, uh, cargo bay where John is waiting, basically behind a uh, behind a pillar or something with mm-hmm. basically a large metal hockey Axe. stick. Oh, hockey stick actually. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's it, it's clearly like a piece of I don't know structural support but it just it's a big metal hockey stick is what it is works perfectly fine for this <laughs> and he and she's like come on it's through here there's a access hatch at the end and and he's like uh, you go in first it's like okay um, she goes in are you coming or what and he's like, for some reason I, I, I still didn't figure out why but he sees through the trick and he shoots her uh i think it's yeah yeah basically he's very John was savvy at this point. It's like, ah, this this smells like a trap. You you keep going, and basically, I think also because she's told him supposedly where uh, the thing is, so he doesn't need her anymore. If what she's saying is true, fair enough. So, but he he's kind of hedging his bets, and then she's like, no, and John John comes out from behind and tries to attack him, so he just shuts the door. Yeah, he did. He does get a shot off, but he only gra- uh, grazes Chiana's uh, shoulder. Okay, so here's another interesting thing. He that she shoots, he gets shot in the shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. Or yeah, upper side. arm, upper one arm, the, one or the other. It basically the bullet grazes Chiana. That bullet in the original script that was supposed to kill her. Oh really? Yeah. Chiana was only supposed to be in this one episode, but when David Kemper, who's uh, one of the people behind the show, saw how great she was, saw how you know great a character she was with uh, all the performance in this episode, he's like, "Okay, let's rewrite the script. Let's keep Chiana on." 
Holy crap, she earned her place in this episode? Yep, she was only supposed to be in this one episode, and they're like, actually, you know what? She's actually a really good character. Let's keep her on. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap, that's impressive, especially considering, I mean, she shows up for the next episode, so they had to rewrite a lot (laughs) that was probably almost done. Yeah, I mean... um, I'm expecting her to be minor influences on the next few episodes. (laughs) I guess we'll see, but, like, that, that... part where Durka shoots her was, yeah, that she wasn't supposed to live through that, so well done. <laughs> I like that, because especially uh, the moment she's negotiating with Durk in the hallway, the, may, the way she moves is even alien. Yeah, she's, like, throughout this whole episode, like, Chiano's a great character, um, yes. and, like, that's already on show in this episode, so it's very easy to see why they were like, you know what, no, let's keep her on, I think we can do a lot with her. Yeah, yeah. I, you might, for anybody who's joining us for the first time watching Farscape who hasn't seen it before, Chiani becomes a major character. Yeah, exactly. In the series like ex- yeah, people coming back and watching will will know will know all of that. But, but anybody yeah. who's hearing all this for the first time, Chiana is a major character for the rest of the series. Oh yeah, she doesn't just you know stick around for a couple of episodes. No, she's mm. there for the long haul. Yes, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, but it's really cool that she earned it, that she wasn't even going to be a main character until this yeah so fair play well done to gg edgley and everyone yeah. else like that was really awesome so yeah she didn't die from being shot <laughs> the bullet just great it was just a flesh wound yeah, literally <laughs> and she and crying is like are you okay she's like go get him for you know yeah. sake. ignore frail that i'll be fine yeah and so uh basically he's chasing after durka durka then shoots at him manages to make it to the Nabari ship, which is inside the hangar bay still. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, right, I'm just going to power up the big cannon on the Nabari ship and use that to kill the baby from the outside. I'm like, uh, aside from the fact that all the extra damage you're doing is not a good idea, John also points out, what do you think is going to happen after you kill the baby? That Moya's going to help you? Yeah, m- remember uh, in the Flax when we had the... Um, the pirate leader guy who's like, yeah, no, you, we don't, we don't screw with pregnant leviathans. That that's no. usually a bad idea. Uh huh. Apparently, nobody told Durka. <laughs> <laughs> and John's like, no, you really think that Moya is going to be, you know, okay with this? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and luckily, the bomb making kit from Rigel is still in the hangar bay. But <laughs> so John's like. I got my idea. He rocks back and just keeping Durka talking, monologuing, like, okay, keep keep telling me your evil you, plan. You sly dog, you caught me monologuing. <laughs> exactly. So he puts all the components in, closes it, and is like, he says to um, Pilot, I need the hangar bay doors control soon. Get it working fast. <laughs> Pilot kind of is still sort of locked out, so he's trying. Yeah, and just... John just rolls the bu- the bomb underneath the uh, Nabari ship, and boom. Oh, it goes bang. Just <laughs> uh, a beautiful bang, way bigger than what Rigel uh, managed to pull. Yeah, and um, and basically that kind of forces the outer doors of Moya's uh, hangar open. So the air is basically being sucked out. They're being exposed to vacuum now. Yeah, and John's like, uh-oh. It's like, could you please close the interior doors? Like, close them. Close the goddamn doors. <laughs> I also like there's a really cool shot of a DRD trying to resist uh, uh, the vacuum, yeah. trying not to be sucked in. It looks really cool. It really looks like he's straining against it and being sucked 
sucked away. <laughs> Speaking of cool shots, when Durka goes into the ship, we see like a CG shot panning around the outside of the Nabari ship and up to the front where there's like a circular window which mm-hmm. uh, kind of dials like iris. Up, yeah, yeah, opens like that. And then we see Durka uh, walk into like the command seat. And it actually doesn't look too bad. It doesn't like... No, it, it looks like a bit of a fisheye, but I, I think it makes sense for looking into a copper from the outside. Yeah, and while John is basically keeping Durka talking, like he's turned the ship around so that he can stand in the front at that window and talk to, like, look at John while he's talking to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the ship's it's blown up, the doors are open, and Pilot, like, he's trying to close the doors. They're closing, and then John gets sucked. <laughs> yeah, and he grabs, the... he grabs the support strut he used as a weapon to pry himself between the closing doors so he doesn't fall out and it's like okay oh stop closing them now stop closing them and he's pulling in and and, and pilot's like god damn it again okay uh, and then he manages to get out no close them again he's like no close them open them close them i can't i don't have Take up your goddamn ah, <laughs> and yeah he manages to pull himself in off the um of the hockey stick yeah. and gets inside. They just managed to shut the doors. Yeah, and Dorka's ship gets sucked out and we see it falling away from uh, Moya. Uh, and uh, it doesn't actually, uh, it doesn't explode. I was expecting it to explode, but it just falls yeah, so away. And I think Dorka says like... Over the comms. Yeah, over the comms. He's like, if I, if I will hunt you down and I'll kill you. <laughs> you know, like John's like, get in line. <laughs> yeah, so that's now two... first. Chris has first picking on that yeah. one. <laughs> he called dibs. Um, <laughs> but now now there is potentially two crazed uh, peacekeeper <laughs> lunatics after I mean, him. Assuming Durka gets out of this one, because one, he needs to evade the Nabari, and he also needs to prevent himself from dying in that yeah. ship. See, here's, here's the thing. Is that, like I said, I, we are both kind of re-watching this to a degree. So, But I don't remember everything. But... Durka didn't explode. He's set up as this big, really like effective villain. I would be shocked if he doesn't turn up again. Yeah, I, I hope he comes back because I really like the actor. Yeah, listen, if it didn't explode or there was no body... There's always the option. <laughs> exactly, they're leaving themselves open. Yeah. And I've got a, I've got a good hunch that he's going to come back. So I I'm, hope so. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yes, everything is marginally fine. Yes. <laughs> they all lived. Yep. Well. Apart from Salas. Yeah. <laughs> well, nobody liked him anyway. No, that's <laughs> I think there was literally no one on the board who liked him, so that's that's fair. Yeah. Ah, uh, right. So, yeah. Uh, and now everyone's kind of uh, licking their wounds and... Literally. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, we we cut to Zan treating. Um, well, she's healing Chiana's wounds. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, and Chiana's not working, helping along. It's like she's being a brat, as Zan puts it. And I like that as she leaves, and John comes in. He asks, like, "You want her? Do you want to throw her out of the airlock?" And Zan's like, "Ask me tomorrow." I I like, did. I like that. Yeah. Like I I like that she's like, okay, currently I'm. Yes but that's not a fair take right now because I'm emotionally compromised with yeah. just having to do that. I do like she's like, okay, don't, you know, I'm not, uh, I'll, I'll, give me time to think about it, basically. Yeah. yeah, which is, you know, the sensible thing to do. Mm-hmm. Also, in the there's a scene just before that with Rigel and Aaron. And um, oh, yeah. Rigel's sure. asking Aaron, like, oh, is Moya still 
mad at me for, you know, setting a bomb off. <laughs> Inside of her. And it's like, well, she's still in pain from protecting her child and all that. And it's like, you actually handled yourself well, Rigel. And she's like, yeah, I did, didn't I? I was pretty good. I was, I, uh, I beat Dirk on his own game. He's like, yeah. She leans in. You just compared yourself to a peacekeeper. He's like, oh. <laughs> I think I actually like Rigel's expression on this one because it's not clear if it's if it's a look of disgust or a look of pride. It's somewhere between between the two. Yeah, it's like I'm as good as a peacekeeper, but I'm not actually a peacekeeper. Shit. Uh, well, it's the old he who hunts monsters kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, so. you've got to be careful with that. But in the scene with Chiana and John, now that Zan has sort of gone away, he's like she's like. Do I get to stay? And he's like, "Yeah, you can stay." You know, and uh, but we do have rules. I'll start following them once I see you people do that. <laughs> and I also like what uh, what John says is that like, "Hey, I'm okay with you, but the others may not be so forgiving. So you're gonna have to work to." And then she's like, "You know what? Fine, just drop me off. Like, just let me go at the next planet or whatever." And she and he says, "Well, this isn't a prison ship anymore. You can." You can leave whenever you want. Yeah. And then he asks her one question. Where were you when Salis died? And she just gives him a, a look. And a grin. And, and that's it. And then John walks away and her face kind of falls a bit and she's looking a bit more upset. And that's the end. End, end credits. <laughs> I like that we, we still aren't exactly sure who killed Salas. I love that it is completely... What's, it's, it's, ambiguous? Yeah, it's left ambiguous. Like, we don't know. It could very well have been Durka or Chiana. Yeah, both never denied nor confirmed that. So, I think it wasn't Chiana, but I'm not sure. I don't know, like, because... The Sal timeline makes more sense if it was Chiana. Well, here's the thing, is that if we believe that... Like, if we say that after the bomb goes off is when... Durka like reverts back to his old self, mm -hmm. and it's after that that Salis gets killed. Yes, he gets killed after the bomb. So it's entirely possible. Like it could very well have been Durka, and you know he's throwing off his Nabari uh, uh, shackles. Shackles. Yeah, that's a good way of putting yeah. it. So that he can you know take the Nabari ship, which has a big massive weapon in it, or commandeer Moya without having to worry about uh, that guy. Oh, but. Equally, Chiana clearly has it out for him because they were going to uh, basically mind wipe her and do all that kind of stuff, and they imprisoned her. And, and he probably did a few things before that, even. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> we nope. don't know. I, I I get the feeling it was Durka. Um, but... Yeah, so did I. But the timeline makes more sense if it was Chiana, because otherwise Durka had to be moving very quickly. Hmm. But yeah, we'll never know, I guess. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But that's that's the episode. What do we think of that one? I liked it, yeah. actually. It's a really good episode. Like, a couple of odd things, like the weird slow-mo aside. It yeah. Was actually, that was odd, but yeah, it was good. I, en I enjoyed it quite a lot. And, of course, because we get to meet Chiana for the first time. And, like, straight straight away, Chiana is a, is a great character. Yeah. I'm very happy she's on board. And she's going to add a lot of and predictability to the crew, which I like. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of like, I guess in some ways, she's like the opposite to... Well, she's like a counterpart to Zan. In the... Um, yeah. Zan is actually... 
the whole thing, like when they have like unity and all that stuff, and Zan is actually, uh, and she, you know, has no problems with being nude and all that stuff. She, she's actually a Zan is much more sensual, right? But she's more reserved about it. So yeah, is kind of the flip side of that, where she's like much more uh, outgoing and overt about all that stuff, and much more of a wild spirit. I, I feel that Zan controls her emotions a lot more. Whereas Chiana lets them yes. run wild. Yeah, lets them I think, control. I her. feel yeah. that's that's the biggest difference between the two. Yeah, and that's why I say like they're like kind of like, I guess opposite, opposites. opposites to an extent. Yeah, yeah. which is going to be really good to interesting to see that. Because mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> I think they, even though they haven't realized it yet, they have a lot more in common. Yep. Yep. yep in yep, other yep, ways. Yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be it. Uh, we're, we're assembling the crew, <laughs> the, the familiar crew, to people going back to what, watching this again. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to give this a four out of five. Yeah, same. Not a, not enough to give it a five. There there's still some it's, it's, things I'm like, eh. I think and there's nothing that stood out to me that really grabbed me for this episode. Yeah, I think it really starts to come together and go, gets into a much higher gear once Durka turns back to his old self. Yeah. Everything for that is set up. Everything, it yeah, it, it's it set up and it's kind of very straightforward and plainly shot and, you know, not yeah. bad, but not necessarily that uses, interesting. Uses a few tropes yeah. well. But yeah, it uses them pretty well. A few tropes that doesn't do anything particularly new with, but, but that's fine. But then once Sometimes a good. Yeah. Sometimes but, a d- trope done good, Jeremiah Crichton, <laughs> is just fine. Yeah. Uh, but then once Durka turns back to his old self and Chiana escapes, then we can really start to yeah. have some fun with it. And, you know, if the whole episode had been like that, maybe we'd be bumping up to a five. But, you know, as it stands, mm. I, I would agree with a four out of five. So there we go. We're back on form. Yes. Ooh. Jeremiah Crichton was just a momentary blip and everything is fine. Yeah, it's 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 just one data point. It's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. What does first uh, first game world say? They also say uh, review score is four out of five, and the average reader score is four point five. So you know, oh, okay. in, well, fair. In the same kind of uh, ballpark. I mean, probably Chiana Ch- Chiana uh, helped that number along. Listen, like she's like we said, she's a great character, and she earned her place in the rest of the series because she was originally supposed to be yeah, uh, dead at fair. the end of the episode, fair. which would have been a great shame because like. There's, they, I know that they do so much more with that character, and it's going to be really great. So I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. And uh, yeah, but that'll be it from us this week. And uh, next up, what do we have next? Episode uh, sixteen. Human reaction. Oh yeah. I, uh, I think I remember this one. I think I've actually seen this one before. Oh okay, cool. This is going to be interesting because this is a very interesting episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I guess we don't really care too much about. I can give you the brief summary. I mean, the, the super brief summary is Crichton receives an un- unfriendly welcome, but that doesn't really. I mean, that describes most episodes so far. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, <sighs> go for the full one. Yeah, let's do it because whatever. It, it, you know, it's whatever. Returning to Earth through a wormhole, <laughs> Crichton receives an unfriendly welcome, but is reunited with his father. And uh, Aaron Dagger and Rigel turn up to get to rescue him but get less than humane treatment so huh okay yeah. this is going to be interesting this is going to be weird. this is a, this is an interesting episode i know which one this is and it's really interesting all right so we have that to look forward to next week and that'll be uh at the same time same place as usual and until then if you want to find uh more about us you can find us both on twitter i'm at can't wear hats and red is that for Dolkin in tree 
Yes. And if you want to watch previous episodes of this, you can check out youtube.com slash can't wear hats. And this is all brought to you by the can't wear hats Patreon by supporters and listeners like you. Woo! By your generous support, that is patreon.com slash can't wear hats, which supports this and live streams and other projects. There we go. That's uh, that's all that out of the way. <laughs> and so we'll see you next week. And until then, goodbye for now. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, God, I just can't think of a stinger for this I'm, week. I'm racking my brim and I have nothing. I, oh no. Have we been mentally cleansed of the ability to make stingers? Ah, oh, crap. Ah. Damn you, Nabari. <laughs> <laughs>